You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back to the exciting player roster countdown. Let's talk about number 93, Jamarian Latham. Uh, how many of you guys had uh, gone to Vegas or Biloxi or Tunica or your, your casino of choice and bet on Latham winning MVP among the linemen for A-Day? <laughs> that came out of nowhere, didn't it? But Jamarian was real active. Uh, I would even say he's more active and athletic than I projected. I liked signing him out of high school, but let's be honest. Latham came from a tiny 1A, Pickens County. And we've talked about this extensively on the podcast before. While I've been a fan of signing quite a few of these 1A kids, the numbers are the numbers, and the numbers say that so many of those kids that come from small schools tend to struggle in the transition to the SEC. Uh, a lot of numbers prove that. I'll tell you another one, not a 1A school, but, but you know, Gordo is a 2 or 3A school, and, and, and Ben Davis never really catching his footing at Alabama is another example. But... I like when we signed Latham. I thought he's a good athlete, uh, very active, highly productive. And what surprised me in really his first season uh, on the football team is, is how active he is. I mean, this is a kid that that looks athletic compared to his peers. Um, so I think Latham is going to be a dude. Uh, I, I, I don't think he's going to be dominant yet. I'm not even sure he's going to be in the first rotation this fall. Let's remember, yeah, he was MVP of 8-8, but he played with the twos, which means he went up against the twos. And as we know from that offensive line on 8-8, the offensive line was missing so many key players that in essence on 8-8, the first team offensive line is, was really, is really the second team. And the second-team offensive line on A-Day is really like the third team. And Latham won his MVP going against those guys. So it's not exactly like he was out there whipping D.J. Dale and LeBron Ray. On, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> that he was whipping Evan Neal and Emil Echior and, and Chris Owens. I mean, you know, he, he wasn't playing with the first team like Dale and Ray were. He was playing against... In, in reality, the third team offensive line, you know, true freshmen, walk-ons, and guys like that. So, so don't get too carried away. But at the same time, hey, what I look for in defensive linemen is, I mean, how active are they? I mean, are they out there hustling, uh, being present, uh, look, you know, watch the point of attack, who's there? And you see Latham a lot. So I think he will continue to develop. I think the fall of 2022 will be really big for him in terms of will we ever see him as a real significant player at Alabama. I think it's such a crowded situation with quality, experienced players. I'll be a little surprised if he's in that first rotation this fall. But what an incredible sign of depth that Latham looks like he may be a future starter and isn't even in the top six or seven guys on the defensive line at Alabama right now. So real deep position. A good player. He'll continue to develop, and uh, and we're really happy he's on the ball club. 
back to the Locked On Bama player roster countdown as we count down to fall camp, which is going to start sometime around August 5th, I believe. Uh, kind of aiming for that August 5th date as the likely start of camp. Even if it's not, the Pittsburgh Steelers play the Dallas Cowboys that night in the first preseason game. So that is a countdown to the start of 2021 football. That's what we're doing here. So we're counting down the whole roster, discussing every player all summer long. How about number 92, Justin Aboigby, who, man, showing how time flies, will, will basically be a true junior this fall. Really, he's a sophomore because he was a sophomore last year. And as we know, last year didn't count eligibility-wise. So he's, he's really a sophomore eligibility-wise all over again, though this will be his third year. And as a tribute to the kid, I mean, he's really entering his third year as a starter. Now, he doesn't literally start every game and hasn't for, for the, the two years he's been there, but he, he has been a member of the first team rotation, which means he plays in the first quarter of every game going back two years. And he has from minute number one, I credit a lot of that to the fact that in Atlanta, where, uh, where Justin played his high school football, he played against top-notch competition. He was going up against really good players throughout his entire high school career. I think that helped him transition quickly to the SEC. Uh, he's done a good job in the weight room and, and, and now is of sufficient size and athleticism. I think the challenge for Justin, who's clearly going to be in the first-team rotation again, maybe a starter who actually plays the first snap, maybe not, but he'll be in the first-team rotation along with LeBron Ray and DJ Dale and Phil Mathis, along with Byron Young and Tim Smith, maybe Jamil Burroughs. I, I think those will be the main defensive linemen, and he'll be in that group. The challenge for Justin is, okay, you're a good player. No doubt you're good. That's why you've been in the first-team rotation since the day you showed up. But you've got to take that next step. Now, can you be a great player? Can you be a playmaker? Can you be a guy that challenges uh, for the All-SEC team? I mean, are you ready to take that next step and prove that you're not just a player at Alabama, you're a great player, and you're going to do fun things like play in the National Football League? We're waiting to see that from Justin. Uh, we've seen flashes of it. I think every game he plays, he's going to do at least something that makes you go, wow, 92 is, 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 a, is a dude. But the great players don't play in flashes. The great players play great all the time. And that's what we've got to see from a Boigby. And pretty much need to as that defensive line rotation grows and as we're bringing in more and more good players like Damon Payne, the true freshman that shows up, you know, this summer. Uh, you need to be good to, to keep your spot in the lineup. So uh, the competition for snaps is great. And, again, while we do not have one defensive lineman that I think will, will be like first-team All-SEC, I think we'll have the best defensive line in the conference because of just the number, the sheer number of quality players that we can play in and out for 60 minutes. And Justin Aboigby is one of those guys He'll continue to be one of these guys, and, and hopefully uh, it takes a step and, and moves it up another level. If he does, uh, he'll prove to be a great player, and then, then he'll play in the National Football League. The player roster countdown continues. We're down to 90 now with Stefan Wynn. Stefan's been in the program for quite a while now. He's yet to move into the first-team rotation. Um, Again, maybe I'm a little hopeful or optimistic here, but uh, I thought Stefan Wynn looked better this spring than I've seen him in the past. Maybe a light's come on. Maybe maybe he's making a move. If not, 
it'll be like his third year, I think three complete years in the program and, and not moving into the first team. You know, my, my thought, my, my main thought that comes to mind about Stefan, based on the fact that he hasn't played too much in the games and, and none at all with the first team, is I, I think fans, when, when a player hasn't made an impact, when he's been there for two or three years and hadn't done much, I think a lot of fans have a tendency to, to do historical revisionism and think that, that, you know, well, we took a chance on, on a lowly recruited guy that didn't work out. It wasn't that way at all with Stefan Wynn. He was very highly recruited. He was a national top 70 prospect and chose Alabama over Georgia and Clemson. I mean, this is a big-time kid. And from IMG Academy to boot, and we're always talking about here how the kids from great programs rarely disappoint. But we say rarely, not, not never, because it just doesn't work out for all of them for whatever reason. And, 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 and you know, for whatever reason, I can't tell you why, you know, it hasn't worked out to this point for Stefan. It's funny how football fans have a difficult time understanding when it doesn't work out for a player. Yet, if you said the same thing about baseball, everyone seems to understand that. You know, first-round pick, second-round pick in the baseball draft never makes it out of double-A baseball. And for whatever reason, we don't get surprised. We're like, well, <laughs> it's pretty hard. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's tough to hit. A, a, a professional curveball uh, and, and, and professional, you know, fastballs in the high 90s. It's hard to do that, so not everybody's going to make it, and we accept that. Then, then along comes a highly recruited football player, and it doesn't work out for him, and we're all scratching our heads going, I can't explain this. Well, it's, it's no different than the baseball situation. I mean, it's, it's tough to get on the field at Alabama. It, 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 only, only a few players – out there can play SEC football at a high level. Uh, it's just hard, and we need to understand that all sports are the same uh, across across the universe. And hey, when you're trying to crawl up, think think about this, guys. The the SEC, I, I call it. It's the second best football in the world. The best football in the world is played in the NFL. I would argue strongly that the second best football in the whole world is played. In the SEC, I think in terms of straight-up football player athletes, you're getting better players in the SEC than you get in the Canadian Football League or all these adult professional leagues all over the globe. I'd tell you the SEC is the second-best football in the world. So, so, yeah, we shouldn't be shocked when highly recruited kids just don't make it because it's, it's hard. It's hard. So... I don't think we'll see Stefan in the first-team rotation this fall, but again, I thought he looked a little better this spring, and sometimes, particularly with linemen, which is a developmental position, sometimes the light just comes on, and then, then you have a different kid. So that might happen with him. Uh, the defensive line as a whole is going to be really good. I see a first-team rotation of D.J. Dale, LeBron Ray, Phil Mathis, Tim Smith, Justin Aboigby, Byron Young. Maybe Jamil Burroughs, maybe true freshman Damon Payne. That's eight guys playing first-team snaps. And if that's the case, I think Alabama will have the best defensive line in the SEC. It lacks some, some big-time star power, and it's sort of a young group. All would be eligible to return in 2022 under the current rules. That wouldn't happen, but, but all would be eligible to return. And uh, Alabama's going to have a very deep, very good 
defensive line in 2021. Thanks for listening to Locked on Bama.